Episode 24 of the Stats Matter podcast is here. Week five of the NFL. It's about in the books. We're going to take a look ahead to next week, week number six. In our cups this week, it's a sour ale from Burlington, Vermont, and an IPA from Middleton, New York. You, you know you guys and gals can follow us on all the socials. Uh, at Stats Podcast on Twitter, at Stats of Matter on Instagram. And you can always get Stats of Matter wherever you get your podcasts, wherever your friends get their podcasts. Knock on your neighbor's door and tell them about Stats of Matter podcast. Available on Stitcher, Apple, Google, and Spotify. Now, onward, and let's get on to the show. Let's go. Yeah, buddy, we're almost at uh, 25 episodes. Bet you didn't think we'd get this far, but here we are. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Uh, Thursday night football recap, Bucks versus Bears, the battle of the three and one teams. I said that uh, Tom was going to get a Super Bowl revenge against Nick Foles, and that's not what happened. Uh, the Bears won 20 to 19, and quite possibly one of the most 2020 football games I think I've seen in a really long time. And I did not expect it to come out of a Tom Brady-led team. Um, Tom threw some serious heat at the tablet that he was using and his offensive mm-hmm. lineman after 11 penalties for 109 yards, two fumbles, one of those lost, three sacks in which he lost 20 yards. Man, he was heated. I mean, I could go on, yeah. but the point is the Bears are now 4-1, and one, which is amazing when you think about how we just really dragged them through like the beginning part of the season. I mean, they were outrushed in this game 105-36. to 36. That doesn't absolve the fact that both teams were atrocious on third down. And this is generally following a trend that most Thursday night football games this year have been really bad. But listen to this. Tampa Bay was four for 14 and Chicago was three for 10 on third down. And most people are going to remember Tom like getting heated at his own teammates and seeming to forget that he maybe didn't have an extra play at the end of the game. I mean, those are both very bad things. You had an injury in this game, too. Um, My goodness, I don't understand what the product is. But I do know that the Bucs need to kind of get their shit in gear relatively quickly. Yeah, man, that offensive line looked horrendous. Horrendous watching that game. It was just like, dude, stop somebody. Make some moves. Do something. And they couldn't. And when they made moves, unfortunately, they did it too early. And they generated penalties. So that was that was a tough one to watch. Whip, 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 whip. I have Rams and the football team. Uh, I thought last week it would be Rams all the way. Golf doing golf things. Uh, and that continued. It was the golf and, and Aaron Donald show again this week. Golf connected for over 50 yards uh, on a touchdown to Robert Woods on a way to completing 21 of 30. He had two touchdowns and another one on the ground. He took it on, uh, on, on his own, finishing with a 70 cent. 70% completion percentage, which is the third game in a row he's done that. We've talked about that all week. I mean, sorry, all season about accuracy. Um, you know, those 50% ranges, which, you know, we saw again over the weekend, aren't quite getting it done. In fact, there's a pretty notable name we're going to talk about in a little bit that was just barely 50%. And uh, spoiler alert, it didn't go well for them also. So, Good on Goff. Uh, another one that, like, on paper, looking at it, still doesn't look as solid as what the numbers represent. It did have a great game. Uh, I think the most notable thing of this game was Alex Smith coming in. Uh, wasn't his best outing, but to see a guy come in after almost two years of not uh, throwing a football after his horrific injury, it was great just to see him out on the field. Unfortunately, got overshadowed a little bit by a very similar style of injury to another quarterback. So the irony there is a little strange, um, but 
It's great to see him back out. Aaron Donald continuing his dominance. He had three plus sacks again. Uh, so as long as Goff is doing his thing, as long as Aaron's continuing to put pressure on quarterbacks, I expect to see the Rams continue doing this. Unfortunately, I continue. I expect the Washington football team to also continue doing what they're doing, which is putting up L's, Alex Smith or no Alex Smith. Yeah, that's pretty bad. It's almost like Aaron Donald actually listened to the podcast. And then when I, you know, when he heard that we only gave him three sacks, he was like, I'm going to go fix that. So he went and doubled it 100%. Yeah. Get your money yeah. on time. Uh, Bills, Titans, look. This game got delayed, and it got delayed again. Uh, it's Tuesday. We're recording this. The game is going to be played tonight. We will follow up on the next episode. Uh, here, here's my thing, though. I, I'm going to stick with my, with my prediction before. All eyes are going to be on the Bills. Allen is a little banged up. Titans have a ton of time that they got off. I think that they're the healthier team, and I think that they're going to eke one out against the Bills. 30-27. Um, to 27. But anyways, we'll come back to that. Eagle Steelers, uh, man, that Eagles victory parade sure did end pretty quickly. Last week, everyone was celebrating the leading of their division in a terrible record in a terrible division. Um, and this game was sort of very representative of what that should be, is, and what it represents, which is a pile of hot, steamy garbage. Uh, Wentz was... Not awesome. He had two interceptions and five sacks. Uh, Fulgham did, had himself a day, though. Uh, that's about the only thing the Eagles had going for them. He had a 152 yards and a touchdown. But Ben and the boys stole the show. Uh, again, hats off to Ben. Uh, I, for one, wrote him off. Not wrote him off. I wasn't expecting much at the beginning of the season. Uh, and I was definitely, definitely wrong. I'm willing to stay that. He is full steam ahead, has had almost no issues throughout the start of the season. This game was no different. 27 of 34, three touchdowns, 125.4 rating on the day. The rookie, Chase Claypool, went ham, three receiving touchdowns. He had one rushing touchdown. And if you had him on your fantasy scene, well, you probably had him on your bench. I think last I checked, he was only picked up by... Uh, I don't even know what it was, like 17% of rosters had him on there, but he put up almost 40 points in fantasy. So I assume once tomorrow refreshes after tonight's Tennessee's after tonight's Tennessee Bills game, that'll probably change. He's probably going to get added to a, a ton of rosters. Not that I think he's going to come out and reproduce that same outing every single time. He sort of had a new guy without any, any video, so you didn't know what to expect. Um, but solid outing by him. The biggest story is Carson Wentz, though. He has been in some trouble all season. He's thrown an interception in every single start that he has had. Um, obviously, he's not going anywhere. They paid him big money in the offseason. Um, he's he's going to be there no matter what, but it's something to kind of keep an eye on because he's definitely struggling big time. And what you, what you might start to see is maybe what's going on in Houston where you might see some changeover, you know, in the leadership side of things because they got to do something. Uh, and obviously Wentz isn't going to be the, isn't going to be the change. So. Yeah. Cardinals jets. Look, I said that the cards are going to thrash the jets and uh, the jets are going to be 0 and five after this game. And I hope they'd have a new coach. Uh, look, the jets are 0 and five Woo! football. Nostradamus over here. Uh, my <laughs> goodness, Kyler Murray. Welcome back. 369 passing yards, one interception in a sack, one passing touchdown, one rushing touchdown. And that was more than enough to help Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake's 
rushing scores for the pissed off desert dirty birds to beat the Joe Flacco led J E T S jets, jets, jets. Uh, unfortunately, as of this moment, like I said, Adam Gase is still the head coach in New York and he shouldn't be. And it's now gotten to the point where people are now calling for his job almost on every single weekend. So we're going to, we're going to say probably another couple L's and that's, that's going to change. Jamison Crowder is the only fantasy and relevant player on this team right now. Uh, Without Darnold, he is the only thing that they had. Um, The Jets, you know, sneakily almost matched the Cardinals rushing numbers, but they could not do anything. Um, Even with the return of Le'Veon Bell, like, it was never going to be any different. There is something fundamentally wrong with the mojo of this team. Um, the Jets going forward on fourth down twice and needing to, and neither time converting it just doesn't really help their four for 13 third down rate either in this game. And my goodness, it just every week is going to be a bloodbath. So my son's birthday was the, this week, and I took him to Dick's Sporty Goods, and they have this little section where you get these little packages that have football characters in them. And when you open them up, it's like a surprise. You don't know what's in there. And we got Sam. And I was so <laughs> sad. I was so sad. Uh, Dad, wife... why isn't he on the field? Well, son, sometimes and you get a trash coach and a trash GM. <laughs> there, my wife was like, oh, that's good, right? It's a New York team. I'm like, it is a New York team, which obviously right now isn't a great thing at all um i was like but you gotta understand it's not just any new york player this is a guy who had potential who's not going anywhere and this team is awful so i asked if i i did ask if we could uh take them back and i apparently can't return them so that's too bad (laughs) uh raiders chiefs dude 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 i didn't have the balls last week to give us one of the raiders but i came within inches of suggesting it i said it was going to be a closer game. I said it was probably going to be some sort of last-minute drive. I thought the Chiefs were going to squeak it out, but I got to tell you, Raiders are looking pretty good. I said the Chiefs would be flirting with their first loss. I didn't think it would come at the hand of the Raiders, but it did. Uh, and it did so in pretty resounding fashion. I almost batted a 1,000. I'm not much of a betting man, but if I was... No, who am I kidding? I, I wouldn't take my advice either. I wouldn't do, take any of this stuff to the bank. But the Raiders snapped a 13-game winning streak for the Chiefs, if we consider last playoffs, Super Bowl. And Carr played his ass off in this game. He didn't look very Derek Carr-like, as we saw last season, the start of this season, where he was kind of up and down. He did toss a pick, but those seemed to be plenty throughout the entire league this season everyone seems to be throwing picks no matter how good or bad you are both Mahomes and Lamar put one up this week we only say them because they seem to be the two all-stars not looking much like all-stars right now uh but he passed for a total of 347 yards most in Raiders franchise history he had three touchdowns he carried one in himself and he slung the ball all over the field he had six guys in double digits this week uh if you guessed Mahomes which we talked about a little earlier, would make barely 50% of his passes and would have an interception against the Raiders of all teams. Uh, I would have called you crazy, but it was not a great outing. Um, he did dib it up. He did have almost the same amount of guys in double digits, but it just wasn't enough. I mean, this season, more so than any other season, seems to very 
offensively driven. And we've seen that sort of projection year after year where the games are getting higher scoring and higher scoring. And when you go out and put up 32 points and that still isn't enough, that's sort of a, a sign of what things look like. Any other year, or not any other year, up until maybe two years ago, 38 points was a complete blowout. And now we have not only this game, but several games in the first five weeks that have been decided by one or two touchdowns where the losing team has scored 30 or more points. It's it's unreal. This is another one of those. Raiders are looking pretty good. If if he can keep if they can keep this up, they might be sort of the surprise to come out of that division and make some waves later on in the uh in the year. I definitely think that uh wild card is definitely within within their grasp. But I think obviously the Chiefs will will figure it out. You caught them sleeping. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it happens. Yeah. Uh Texans Jaguars. Uh, I said no Bill O'Brien. Deshaun lets loose. Sorry, Jags fans. Texans 40, Jags 28. The Texans did win 30 to 14. So I mean, I was off, but and hey, they won. Uh, Gardner Minshew threw for 301 yards, two TDs, two key fumbles, though. One loss from James Robinson on a Wildcat play and one by Minshew himself allowed Deshaun Watson to finally realize his potential with both Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks for TDs. The Texas defense really is the story here. Obviously, interim head coach Roman Cornell is a defensive coordinator. They got three sacks when it counted, um, and they gave their, their coach a, a win. And I think this is really really important obviously the texans have a softer part of their schedule coming up so i think they can really be right back in the thick of the division race here um look they've gotten past the elephant in the room can they keep it going because watson threw another two picks that is not a trend you can continue to have going forward against lesser teams sure you can pull it out but bill o'brien has to be smiling from his couch though in his pajamas because david johnson rushed for almost 100 yards and brandon cooks had eight catches on 12 targets for 161 yards in the aforementioned td so if that kind of production can keep up, O'Brien might look like he didn't get his fleeced as much as we all know that he did. Bengals and Ravens and oof, 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 oof. I know you've been on the Burroughs cheering bandwagon for the Let last Joey few roar. weeks. Uh, this one, this one was real bad. This one was real bad. I'll save the Bengals the lashing on this one because it was not pretty. Uh, Burroughs, not a great weekend. Uh, just, just not great at all. He did finish with more passing yards than Lamar, so that's notable, but only by three yards, and that's because Lamar only passed for 180 yards. So, all in all, this game was a little bit of a mess on both sides. Obviously, the Ravens took this by a large margin because if you only score three points in a league where we just talked about everyone scoring a million points, three points is not going to win you anything at all. Um. But for me, I think the big takeaway from this game was that Lamar hasn't looked very Lamar-esque at all for most of this season, but particularly this weekend where this should have been a game where you just came in and scorched a team like the Bengals. It, it just didn't look that way. He tossed a pick. Uh, he, again, only had about 180 yards. And where we're used to seeing him run all over the teams, he only had seven yards total on two attempts. So... Something there doesn't quite seem right, whether it's an injury they're not really talking about, um, whether there's a disconnect somewhere between maybe the offensive side and, and Lamar. I don't know, but something in in the Ravens' offense just isn't adding up. Um, it's one to kind of pay attention to over the next few weeks. Maybe, like the Chiefs, he kind of snapped out of it. Maybe they're struggling a little bit off of the lost to the Chiefs because that one wasn't pretty either but 
just something to kind of pay attention to and keep your eyes on because they got to figure that out or, you know, when they start going back around and, and matching up against some of these tougher teams, obviously, you know, they're not going to be pulling out some of these wins if Lamar is not being Lamar-esque. Yes, indeed. Panthers-Falcons. I said if the Falcons can't win this game, Dan Quinn is gone. He gone. Uh, and that's why I think they'll win. But Julio with that hamstring is going to have to allow the ground game to flourish. And the Falcons flatline, Julio didn't play because of a hamstring injury. Todd Gurley did get going. He got a rushing TD and went over 100 yards. But then he, he you know, needed to be put on a milk carton because he disappeared. Um, we should pour a little one out because Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov, the GM, were both sacked Sunday night after that game. That's how bad this was. Uh, the Falcons had absolutely no answer for Mike Davis and Teddy Bridgewater. Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore are now relevant players. They kept the chains moving, and this game was really over before Atlanta tried to make it closer, um, you know, towards the end. Matt Rule, I think, knows what he's doing. And I, I think a lot of people thought, oh, you came in, you had some success at Baylor, but that's college. This is the NFL. And the, the Cardinals head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, said, I don't know if you guys know this, Matt Rule got me fired. That, like, that he can be that good. So now that he's in the league, this is what we're going to see. You go up a team. You go up against a team like the Panthers, and you think, nah, they're the Panthers. They don't have Cam anymore. We'll be okay. If you don't go ahead and take your best swing and you miss, you're going to get caught. And that's exactly what happened here. Um, I love the fact that between Tepper, the GM, and Matt Rule, he has miles of fishing line to go out to sea with. Because if the Saints don't get their act together, Rule might mess around and just snipe this division right out from underneath them. Dolphins, Niners. Uh, anyone who saw this one coming, uh, you're a liar. Nobody, nobody saw this coming. You knew, and you pretty much know going forward until the Niners get all of their starters back. We're in for some questionable games, but the Dolphins look like superstars in this game. In a game where the starting quarterback for the Niners, a handsome fellow by the name of Jimmy G, gets benched. He went seven for 17 and threw two interceptions. I know you see the notes, but for the sake of this podcast, guess the passer rating. Mm, like 60, give... <laughs> 60, 50, 45% or something like that. I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's uh, above 14, but below 16. It was pretty bad. It was 15.7 was his overall wow. passer rating. I think uh, didn't he have like, he had picks on back-to-back drives. Yeah. Yeah, it was oh. not good. He was asked after the game about his confidence, and he basically just shrugged it off, saying it happens. They would continue to work hard and that he wasn't overly worried. Uh, I might be worried a little bit. Sometimes you start wondering if maybe a team isn't a good fit for a quarterback, and you're starting to wonder. We talked about game management. We talked about him being uh, not the biggest fantasy point generator, which, you know, fantasy aside, becomes an indicator of what the on-field production was. So he was a great game manager, and that doesn't seem to be failing. Uh, that doesn't seem to be working. But some of that might be the injuries or spillovers from injuries, but it was definitely a bad look. Fitz Magic, on the other hand, with a whopping 154.5 passer rating, is just stellar. He was 22 of 28, 350 yards. Zero interceptions. He's one of maybe four quarterbacks who didn't throw an interception this weekend, which is in franchise history makes him the second player with 350, three touchdowns, and no picks. One 
behind a Dan Marino. You may be familiar with him. <laughs> hey, remember when our podcast guest said Tua was the best quarterback in the AFC East? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the beard has the beard has something to say about it. Um, looking ahead though for the Niners, it's not going to get that much easier. I mean, you still are without. You got to give them a little credit. They still are without a lot of their starters who are out because of injuries. But Kittle came back. Garoppolo came back uh, last week. Kittle went crazy and put up like 40 fantasy points. Uh, this week, he was kept to under 20, so he's a little bit more reserved, not used quite as much. Uh, but they have a really tough schedule coming up. They face the Rams, the Patriots, the Seahawks, and the Packers in their next four games. So it's going to be a really tough stretch. You start questioning some jobs if this is what the games look like, if they keep panning out the same way. Yeah, that was that was brutal. I got, I got to watch a little bit of that game, and I was like, every time you see a guy who is Harvard educated, just with a devious grin on his face, looking like a Bond villain, you don't want to be the other team. That's just not good. Uh, Cowboys Giants. I said, bro, ain't no way the Cowboys are gonna lose this game. Uh, I'm sorry, Giants fans. Um, I said, I bet you're gonna feel like ass come Monday morning, and I bet they do. Uh, but that doesn't mean that's because they lost the game. Uh, football we know it's a bang bang sport there's a lot of rough and tumble plays a lot of things can happen um but just like you mentioned the injury that alex smith fought back through um we, we have another injury to talk about here dak prescott logan ryan mm-hmm. defensive back for the giants tackled prescott to prevent a long rush and in the ensuing leg twisting prescott suffered a compound fracture and an ankle dislocation um had to be carted up the field he had successful surgery it's looking like a four to six month uh, recuperation you know, time frame, but it looked just as bad as you can imagine. Now, Ryan mm-hmm. already came out. He said he feels terrible about it. And I understand that in this league, the bang, bang plays always have more on the risk side than they do on the, the reward side. And it's much higher than what we should be accepting, but that is kind of how it goes in football. Now, Andy Dalton came in and red rifled his way to get them some field goals. And they were able to beat the giants. They had to put up 37 points to do it. That is just not good for the giants defense. Um, Thankfully, Devonta Freeman is on my fantasy squad. He's got a rushing touchdown here. He looks like that team is beginning to come together just a little bit. Uh, but ultimately, Dallas kicks the field goal before time expires to give them boys the win. Um, look, this game was crazy. There was a pick six against Dallas and a fumble scoop for a score for Dallas. That really skewed this game. Uh, and a missed opportunity to score Evan Ingram another touchdown on a fake field goal that was called back and you know for a penalty against New York really kind of got Joe Judge heated in this one. Um, that was the you know to the benefit of Engram, who sat on my bench this week. So thank you for that that second touchdown not landing. But the Cowboys really need to circle the wagons now um, around the Red Rifle. They literally have some of the the best talent in the league when you look at receivers and running backs. Um, and this is probably the best squad that Andy Dalton has ever had. Yeah, AJ Green was great. Yeah, you know Giovanni Bernard and the other running back that they had. Uh, oh geez, Jeremy. Oh, I, I can't remember Jeremy. I can't remember the other Bengals running back that used to be there with Bernard, but you have all the talent you can want in the world right now between CeeDee Lamb, Cooper, Gallup, Elliott, so on and so forth. We got to keep an eye on them boys because while it looks like the Eagles may suddenly kind of pull up, up in this division race, like the Cowboys have all the talent. They need to figure some stuff out and they need to keep the momentum going. Man. For anybody who doesn't know yet what a compound fracture is, I'm going to have you go and Google that because uh, it's it's 
it's pretty bad. And if you haven't seen the picture of the foot, uh, don't bother. Legs and body parts don't bend those ways. So yeah, brutal. It's pretty bad. Good uh, good luck to him, and and we're pulling for him. Heart goes out to Dan Dupuis and the other Cowboys fans uh, who listen here. That's that's tough. They were off to a good start, even though the record didn't quite show it. I know their defense is struggling, but that wasn't on Dak. So hopefully he comes back. I had the Colts and the Browns. Uh, I feel like this is another one of those where I have to eat my words a little bit. I did say, though, that I was rooting for Baker to have some success. I just didn't necessarily trust or like him all that much. I still am on the fence with the liking part of it. Uh, and I also, I, I don't want to give him all the credit for these wins. Last week was a team effort in which we saw, you know, OBJ really stepping up and, and carrying a lot of the, the load to get that team to where they were. But this week, you know, Baker did what he needed to do. Uh, they won four, four straight, but he's still a little reckless with the ball. He had two touchdowns, but he threw two interceptions and he had a fumble. So they plan on keeping the win streak going or, you know, continuing to pe- compete game in and game out. He not only has to take care of the ball better, but he also has to make some better decisions when he's getting rid of the ball or knowing when to get rid of the ball instead of trying to force a play downfield. Um, not a great look for Rivers either through two interceptions as well, but he failed to find anybody in the end zone. So that's not going to win you a ton. They had one rushing touchdown. They had a, a kickoff return for a touchdown, but basically their kicker, if you had uh, if you had the Colts kicker on your fantasy team, uh, good for you. He scored you a, a bazillion points, um, but that's majority of their points. That's where they came from. So they have a little soul searching to do as well. Um, I've already heard some analysts across the different channels talking about who should replace Rivers, and that's, you know, obviously they're just looking for something to talk about, but they're not the only ones that are probably, you know, having that thought process because it's not quite panning out just yet. Didn't see that coming. Also started the uh, Colts defense in my fantasy league. Not a good look. Uh, Pat's Broncos. This game has been postponed until next week due to another COVID-19 test in New England. My goodness. Um, But that doesn't change my analysis on it. The Patriots are going to have Cameron Jarrell back, and that means they're going to roll past by 14. All right, Sam. Since I generally get to do the breakdowns from Seahawks, Vikings, or from the the Seahawks, because you're trying to avoid your homerism, and I had the Vikings, Seahawks for this week, uh, I will say... I did think the Vikings were going to win this one. They were really, really close to doing it. In fact, in a group chat, I actually, at the start of the game, not only did I text you saying I didn't have a good feeling about the Seahawks in that game, I sent in the other group. I thought the Vikings were going to take it, and it was this close. But I will defer the recap to you, sir. <sighs> that is the collective sigh of every Seattle sports fan coming out of here. I'm going to get a little frantic here, but here's a stat for you. Timothy Patrick O'Cronin, Seattle, 0 for 7 on third down. 0 for 7. Did not convert an entire third down all night. After the first four weeks of Seattle blowing the doors off of teams, they looked exactly like every goddamn Seattle Seahawks football game they played the last mm-hmm. four years. Mm-hmm. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, punt the ball. Oh, my God. I was screaming at my TV. And I don't live in an apartment anymore, so I'm not really worried about it because I can catch like a, a noise complaint in the letter in the mailbox a couple of days later from the homeowner association. 
But oh my goodness. If you're a Vikings fan, you're thrashing right now. You are so mad about this game. Cousins was 27 for 39, and it did not matter because Seattle had the ball for 20 minutes, and that's it. That's all they needed. If you can't win a game outright where you possess the ball for three quarters of the time, that has a lot more to say about your team than the fact that if you give Russell freaking Carrington the team on his back, Wilson the ball back, you will die every single time. That man has ice in his veins, and that last drive – where they went 93 yards in under a minute, didn't even use the touchdown, fourth down and 10 completion to DK Metcalf, two incompletions in the end zone to Metcalf. To throw the touchdown dart was an absolute dagger. The Vikings are now 0-7 against Wilson, and the Seattle Seahawks are 0-7 for third downs on this game. This was an absolute nightmare if you're a Seattle fan. You're great. You're happy that they won. 27 to 26 because you failed the two-point conversion to stop them mm-hmm. from trying to send this thing to OT. And all the analytics are saying, well, you know, the Vikings should have gone for it on fourth down. And they did because it was fourth and inches. Seattle is a run, a stop the run based team. They they have built that into their DNA based off of stopping a guy named Marshawn Lynch for years. They stopped a 260-pound quarterback on the goal line. And you think, Mike Zimmer, that the best thing for you to do was to run Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison on fourth and inches? No. Take the points, force Russ to go back down, and score the two-point conversion. Because if you had did that and you didn't get cute, you would have won the game by one point. But instead, they lost. Mm -hmm. And most Seattle fans are, again, happy to get the win. But, wow, we went back into the pre-matrix style of Seattle football, and we do not need to go back there. Like, Russ threw a pick in this game, and if you go back and watch that, like, Chris Carson got pushed out of bounds, and Russ, I mean, he just he didn't put enough air underneath the ball. It was raining. Russ always seems to have a couple of those games in the rain where he just, like, falls flat, and I really hope because we got a stretch coming up. We can't be losing no games. Seattle, 5-0, and first time in franchise history. We're not limping into the bye, trying to get healthy. We're getting other people going to come out of the bye healthy. Jamal Adams is going to be back. Quentin Dunbar is going to be healthy. Damon Snacks Harrison we signed to the practice squad, right? He passes COVID protocol. He's going to be a run stuff in the middle. I feel really good about where this team is going, but oh boy, where we went Sunday night was not good for my health. No, and I mean, Cousins and their game plan looked solid, solid, which doesn't bode well for Seattle because now everyone kind of seems a game plan, sees the game plan and has film now on ways to kind of keep them in check. Obviously, that relies a lot of bit on the offensive side to execute and to be able to hold on to the ball. But, you know, you had that fumble, you had the interception, but the other three quarters, he looked like a primetime quarterback. And I think this brings his record to like seven and 33 or seven and 34. Or I don't remember the exact numbers, but on prime time, he's obviously not great. And this looked like it was about to snap that record. And he looked not only phenomenal, but the the game plan that they drew up was almost, almost perfect. Now, they did lose Dalvin Cook with a groin injury. To me, that looked like a little bit of like an adductor strain or an adductor tear. You hope not, because that is a long-term, uh, a long-term deal. Um, but, yeah, I got to give Cousins credit. He was a little bit more competitive. Everyone laughed at me when I said, hey, I think Cousins and I think the Vikings might squeak this one out. And... Not not quite. Nate Staples, he was one of those guys who laughed. He threw up all the stats, and I was like, oh, so he's won seven times those. So you're saying there's a chance. And going into the tail end of that, 
Uh, it, was, it was a lot more than a chance. They were literally sniffing the win there, but hats off to Russell and the boys. They uh they got another one done. Unbelievable. All right, Monday night football, Chargers Saints. Look, I said, is it just me or do we just we're gonna collectively keep seeing the Saints, you know, chances to play in prime time. I don't know why that is. Um, please, Michael Thomas, please start <clears throat> for our fantasy sakes and your team's sakes. But I said the Saints are gonna eke it out. Here's what happened. Michael Thomas punched a defensive back in practice. And Accordingly, the team was like, look, we'll pay you all this money, but you're going to ride the pine this week, and you're not you're not playing in this game. Uh, the yeah. Saints did eke it out because Justin Herbert decided, I have a moment. This is now my team. Mm-hmm. Anthony Lynn can say whatever he wants about Tyrod. Tyrod is a, is a great, serviceable quarterback. Justin Herbert stood in there against the Saints last night and threw three touchdown passes. Justin yep. Herbert did everything he possibly could. I mean, yeah, there was a pick, but like, he did everything he possibly could to keep that game. And that game went to overtime. No Austin yep. Eckler. Joey Bosa off the field for a lot of snaps because he was completely gassed at the, at the rate that that game was going. Um, the Saints love giving the ball to Taysom Hill. It, yeah. Is it because you paid him $21 million? I'm not sure. But it did not work out well for them last night uh, as, as well as they thought they were going to. I mean, he ended up getting a touchdown, but like that's what he does. He's a gadget player like cool way to go there if you had Jadevian Clowney maybe you wouldn't have given up 27 some odd points to the Chargers yeah, on their yep. second string quarterback but who knows what it was all I know is the Saints got the win in OT and it, it you know Chargers let me holla at you for a second you called your kicker Michael Badgley the money badger and when it needed to happen the most he was not on the money he doinked for the game winner I just, ugh, you might want to talk to your players about that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird one for Drew Brees also. And the only reason I'm analyzing this one is because this is another one where the Saints are continuing to win, but they're not games that at that are passing the eye test. Like, they don't look like great games. Drew Brees doesn't currently look like a stellar quarterback. They're winning a lot of like short passes and yards after the yards after the catch and yards after the line of scrimmage are really high in a lot of these games. And not to take anything away from Herbert and the Chargers, because Herbert was fantastic. His passer rating last night was like 122 or something like that. Um, but Drew Brees, obviously he won the game. He had 325 yards, but it's another one of those where you're like, are the Saints as good as they are, or are they like eking out some of these wins with like a little bit of luck involved? And not necessarily luck, but there's just not. I mean, Breeze only threw one touchdown. Like when you throw up 325 yards and you only get one touchdown, like something there isn't meshing, right? Like it's something, something is not quite adding up where you're not finding guys in the end zone. They're not able to to make some of those short zone short passes in the red zone, and it's not like they were just handing the ball off and running the ball in the the whole time either. So there's something there that's not quite on with with Drew Brees. We may never know what that is. It could just be age. He doesn't have the long ball anymore. But something something is definitely off. If you put up that many yards, you should have at least two to three touchdowns mixed in there. But you don't, and one of those is an interception, and you still two two sacks. So it, it's an, the Saints are a weird team for me. I think when they start going up against some quality teams, they're going to start getting exposed. Um, you, people are already calling for Breeze's head. Um, I don't necessarily feel quite that same way yet, but I think against some of these lesser teams, 
Uh, we'll see what happens as their schedule gets a little bit more difficult, but something, something with Breeze isn't, isn't adding up right now. Well, it's a good thing that both the Chargers and the Saints you know, have a bye this week along with the Raiders and the Seahawks. We'll move on to the next slate of games. Broncos pass was rescheduled. Look, you already know what I'm thinking here. Pat's going to have Cameron Jarrell back, and they're going to roll by 14. Texans, Titans. Uh, this one will be a weird one I, without tonight's game to kind of gauge what is what it's going to look like. You don't know what this extended rest, followed by a shorter rest period, is going to look like. I know the schedules are all, all over the place. Texans are looking pretty good. Deshaun seems to have kind of found himself a little bit of confidence again. I think the Texans might take this one. I think that the Titans are going to come off of tonight's game and immediately roll into a next game, trying to figure some stuff out a little bit. That's going to throw their, you know, their normal routine off. Um, I'm going to go Titans. Uh, sorry, I'm going to go Texans by, uh, it'll probably be close, but I'll say Texans by a field goal. But I think this is another one that's going to be a high scoring game. Oh, yeah. That's going to be good. Uh, I got Browns, Steelers. Look, the Browns did beat a good Colts team, okay? But they sustained a lot of injuries in the process, particularly one that made Baker Mayfield unable to throw a pass down the field when he needed to close it out. That's why they went two runs to Dearness Johnson to set up and kill the clock in the end. Now, Mayfield has said he's going to play through the injury against the Steelers, and I wouldn't expect anything less of him, even if he was hurt, because he's a starting quarterback and he listens to this podcast, so he wants to prove you wrong. That does not give me enough confidence for the Browns to go against the Steelers, who just took a fourth-round pick and gave him four TDs this past week while that defense is still racking up sacks. What the Steelers are doing right now is situational football. Oh, are you a bad run team? We will run all over you. Oh, are you a bad man-to-man coverage team? We will throw all over you. Oh, are you a defensive team? We'll take our dinks and dunks. That is not the recipe that the Browns, riding their four-game winning streaks, are going to keep it going any further here. Steelers are going to go 5-0. and I got the Ravens, Eagles. I think Lamar bounces back, looks a little bit like his usual self, hopefully, as long as there's, you know, nothing underlying that we may or may not know about. I also think this is not the Eagles year. I think Wentz has something he's got to figure out on his own. Uh, I think this is going to be potentially another ugly game for Wentz where he throws, you know, two interceptions and um, they probably hold him to, to 230 yards or less. I think as long as Lamar comes out, plays like Lamar is used to, he's going to run all over that team. So this one, I think, is one that gets a little ugly. Um, I think it's a pretty wide spread by the end of this, but I got, I got Ravens big. All right. Uh, I have the football team versus Giants. Alex Smith did come in relief of Kyle Allen. He got a he got sacked a bunch of times, which for a guy who suffered a uh, like a contortion, spherical, compound fracture, whatever you want to call it. I mean, go watch Project 11, the E60. It was crazy, the amount of torsion on that bone. Um, and he got sacked like four or five times, and he survived. Um, the Giants need a win here, though, and I think they're going to get it. Um, they're still plagued by making too many mistakes, but I'm not sure that the football team currently right now has enough firepower to eke this one out. I do know that they're going to score some points in the process because the Giants cannot stop anyone right now. So I think Antonio Gibson has two rushing TDs in this game. But I think that ultimately the football team loses 28-21, and the Giants become the first team from New York City to get a win. Six weeks into the season. That is atrocious. Speaking of bad teams, the next two, the next four teams we're going to look out here are all just 
generally bad records. Maybe not necessarily bad teams, but bad records. Uh, Falcons 0-5, Vikings 1-4. Uh, I feel bad for Matt Ryan and the Falcons because they're not playing terrible football. Their defense just can't get stops in order for their team or their offense who is scoring, you know, gaudy points every single week to actually squeak out a win. I think the Vikings are coming off a little bit of a rally going up against the Seahawks. Um, this one's a tough one. I think you got to start seeing the Falcons pull a couple games together because otherwise, you know, some of those hot seats are going to include maybe the likes of Matt Ryan. Maybe maybe he starts looking elsewhere as to where to, to continue going on next year if he sort of loses some faith there. Unfortunately, I don't think this is the week for them either. The Vikings defense. Isn't that great? Obviously, you know, Russell Wilson is having an amazing year, but all you have to do is make a one stop and two stops, one on the fourth and 10 and another one preventing the touchdown. And you had that game and you couldn't do either one of those when the game was on the line. So they're going to come into this one a little shaky. They're probably going to give up another bunch of big points, but I think they're coming off of enough momentum to carry the win in and and squeak this one out. I think it's going to be another high-scoring game for the Falcons, but I don't. I think that their defense is going to come up uh, just a, a smidge short here again. Brutal. Brutal. All right, uh, I got the Lions and the Jags. Look, if you want to know what I think about this game, who would you trust in a battle of big cats, a Jaguar or the King? And I'm going to go with the bigger cat here. Uh, apparently, Matthew Stafford's footwork has been the culprit of the Lions' whack-a-mole issues. Right. Okay. And apparently, the team that Matt Patricia inherited three-plus years ago was the problem. Right. Uh, Darius Slay and Quandre Diggs are on different teams, and they beg to differ because those teams are better because of them. Um, I, I don't I don't know what to think about this, but here's what I do know. If Dan Quinn can get fired after going to the goddamn Super Bowl, Patricia better have Jacksonville's number in this game or Black Monday is coming before Halloween this year. And you have rookies and the legends on that same Detroit team. Between all day, Adrian Peterson, you have Stafford who can throw it all over the place. The offense is finally beginning to hum along. That defense is not going to save you. You need to go ahead and open the floodgates and just there's no reason why you can't capitalize on a team that's reeling from, <laughs> from what they've been doing lately. And that could possibly lose their head coach if Marone can't get his stuff together. Remember a couple weeks ago when someone was giving us a bunch of grief for giving you know the mustache some grief, and here they are at one and four. I won't name names, but you know who you are. They're one and four, so there is room for criticism there and, and improvement. Coming, obviously, this is coming from a guy who's currently starting Minshew because uh, Cam Newton is under COVID protocol. So. Bengals, Colts. Uh, I'm not on the Burrow bandwagon like you are. I think he needs a little bit more time to develop. I think throwing him right into a struggling team in his first season might have been a little bit of a bold move. Uh, I think it's going to continue not getting any better for him. I'm going to go Colts, Rivers this one. I think you know the Bengals are going to be fine. They're going to squeak a few more wins out. I know they're one of the they're the only other team with a tie on their record, so they could be two and three. They could also be zero and four. So, or uh, sorry, they they could be one and four or or two and three. So, uh, I don't think this is going to go well for them. I think the Colts and Rivers are going to bounce back after their outing last week. 
Um, they're going to score more than three points, but I don't think it's going to be uh, like a fantastic game. So Colts by... I'm going to go two touchdowns on this one. Ooh! All right. I'm going to put that one in the notes right now. <laughs> Moving on. Bears-Panthers. Dude, the Bears are riding high on momentum, but I have to wonder if they're going to run out of gas at some point. Dude, the Panthers are riding high on momentum, but I have to wonder if they're going to run out of gas at some point. You see what I mean here? This is the danger zone game for the Bears. On paper, they have the talent to win this game outright. But I'm a gambling man, and I'm going to gamble that back-to-back games of Nick Foles struggling means that there is enough film for the Carolina defense to chomp on and let Teddy roar just a little bit. Now, if McCaffrey comes back, this team is going to be really good really, really good because they've been humming along right now. I, I just don't know. I mean, we didn't think the Bears were going to be 4-1. and one. They have The wheels have to start falling off at some point, and I think this is the <laughs> beginning of that. Yeah, the, that's that's an inevitable. The, the wheels falling off is uh, always falling off. Here's where uh, if we were in a meeting, I tell you, I'm going to give you some time back because I'm not even going to bother Jets, Dolphins, it's Dolphins. Wow. Yeah, it's not even the disrespect that's happening right now. It's it's, it's dolphins. It's been noted. Yeah. Uh Pack and the Bucks. Brady, Rogers, the Super Bowl we've always really wanted to see, but never got a chance to see. This is it. This is the compilation prize. Here we go. A pack team that's been torching opposing teams and a defense on the other side needs to prove that they can hang being quarterbacked by an old cranky guy. This might be the first big shooter I think we've been searching, waiting, hoping, praying, wishing for. There's a lot of pride in the line in this game. Packers don't want to lose to a team from the lowly NFC South. They're, they're going to try and sweep those teams for sure, um, as they've already dispatched the Falcons with these. Can they put down the Golden State Warriors of talent in the NFL right now? I think so. Begrudgingly, go Pack go. <laughs> I think Aaron is having uh, not an underrated season but i don't think enough people are really talking about how great of a season he is having everyone's sort of enamored with russ and what he's doing but rogers and and, and his team uh he is i mean they're silently just destroying everybody and continuing on um in a very very larger fashion than you know the saints are but you know i'm sure rogers is sort of looking at that i think that sort of gives him the little chip on his shoulder he's always looking for because he's also a grumpy old man. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Packers are up there with Seattle this week as, or this, uh, this season as, you know, the one and two best teams in the league. Rams and the Niners. Um, this one's going to all depend on whether Jimmy G can get his shit together. I don't think so. Uh, they need to start utilizing Kittle more if that's going to pan out the way that they're hoping it does. But I think Goff, I think Aaron, I think they're just going to come out and control this game once again. The Niners, you know, we already said they have a really tough schedule coming up. They have too many guys out at the moment to overcome that sort of deficit against good teams. I think the Rams take this one pretty easily. Yeah, I think, you know, before the injuries happened, this might have been a game to watch. I'm still going to watch most of it on Sunday yep. night because it's a marquee game. Anything could happen. Two coaches that want to scheme up against each other. But, yeah, I think I think the Rams are going to roll here. And now all of a sudden, here we are, two weeks after I talked all this shit to you 
about maybe the Rams being the, not the good sneaky NFC West pick. Like now they're going ahead and just starting to stack some division dubs. Not a fan of that. Not a fan of all. <laughs> uh, Monday night, Chiefs versus Bills. This game was in jeopardy, going to be rescheduled, all this hoopla. Look, Bills, hear me out. You beat the Rams? Cool. Did you outlast the Titans this week? Cool. Weren't you supposed to? Did you lose to the Titans this week? Really, bro? All that MVP talk for Josh Allen and not backing it up is not going to do you any favors here. If you beat the Chiefs, now people have to take you seriously. Look at all the wonders he's doing for Derek Carr. So the Chiefs have got to be pissed that they left the Raiders stifle their historic record-breaking payday earning quarterbacks range. They really kept them all day, just sort of like muffled up. Now the Bills are going to be on the receiving end of some good old-fashioned Mahomes magic. And I don't think on the other side there's enough rabbits for Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen to pull out of hats. And I hate to say it, Bills fans, but I think you're going to take the, going to take the L here. Chiefs are going to win. Cardinals, Cowboys. Um, I think Kyler Murray comes out, uh, continues sort of what he did last weekend. Uh, I think the Cowboys are still reeling from, you know, Dak going down. But Kyler's an incredibly elusive quarterback. And when all of his receivers and, uh, you know, his running backs that go out tend to collapse, uh, he'll just run the ball all over you. And as we've already seen, the Cowboys defense is terrible. So if you give him people to throw to, he's going to make those passes. And if you take those away, you're leaving enough room up front for him to get out and make some magic. This season, he's, I think, one of the better running quarterbacks in the entire division. Uh, sorry, in the entire league. Uh, I think that's going to be a lot for them to overcome. They've already been exposed by other teams like, you know, run down the list but seattle for an example uh, i think they've just been exposed enough i really don't think they stand a chance against the cardinals team that's firing on all cylinders uh, this one's going to be uh, another tough loss for them uh, i don't think dalton is going to come in and make any drastic improvements i do think they need to start figuring things out sooner rather than later but i don't think this is going to be one of those games i think while the cowboys are sort of treading water sort of keeping it the same every week. The Cardinals are in a little bit of an upswing, and I think they're going to make more happen in this game. Right on. Uh, just a quick admin note here. I was trying to figure out what that Bengals running back name was earlier because I've had some Bengals running backs throughout throughout my fantasy years, okay? Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis and, <laughs> and Jeremy Hill. Jeremy Hill was the other guy I was looking for. So I, I got I to gotta tell you here, Cardinals have some injuries coming up now. Tyler's throwing a couple picks. Do I mm -hmm. think Red Rifle can go and win the division? Who knows? But I do know that if Chandler Jones, who has a torn bicep and is probably gone for the season, is not on that defense, it makes him a little vulnerable. But do I want to say in the same breath that I think that Cooper, Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, and Ezekiel Elliott are better than Kyler Murray and Larry the Legend Fitzgerald? No, absolutely not. <laughs> so no. uh, I think it'll be close, but I think, like you said, it's going to be a tough loss for the Cowboys. Yep. All right, uh, let's see here. It is now the time to talk about our favorite uh, beverages. They are not the non-alcoholic type. They are the carbonated fizzy liquid type. Typically between 4.5 and 9.5 ABV. 
typically with, you know, the Rhine's Gaboot ingredients, hops, malted barley, water, a little bit of yeast. It is quite possibly our listener's favorite segment. What's in my cup? Tim, what you got? Uh, I have Equilibrium Photon and a slight correction to our intro. This is actually a pale ale. Uh, varies slightly from the IPA and double IPA format. Um, comes in at a lighter 4.8%. So right on on your, uh, your little guess there. Uh, but uh, this one is, so Equilibrium, much like some of the other big New York breweries have started distributing a little bit more and they distribute now into Connecticut and to Maine and probably most of the places you guys are listening from. Uh, they are up there in one of the top notches for me personally. They are one of my favorite breweries and the fact that I now have access to them without having to drive into New York is pretty clutch. So I've been trying to uh, cut back a little bit on my beers outside of our recording time. So this is the first beer I've had in, uh, you know, about four or five days. So my taste buds and my body is ready. Looks beautiful. Normal has the body and look of an IPA. Just a little bit on the lighter side. Shout out to the night shift brewing glass you're drinking out of. I love these, uh, like the Mason jar glasses. Yep. This is my second one. I actually broke one, and my wife got me this one. Uh, you guys can't see it, obviously, but it's got the Night Shift logo, the OWL logo, in different color schemes. As you pan around the glass, it's it's pretty nice. It's got this little drinking lip. But that beer is good. I'm a sucker for pale ales. Um, I'm getting a little IP- I'm getting a little IPA'd out. Um, Never. It's just, you know, they're all palate smashers now. They're all, st- I mean, I've had, I don't want to make myself sound bad here, but I've had just in the last, let's say, few years. Here it comes. Here it comes. Hundreds. <laughs> no, not, not even a humble brag. I'm one that likes to try beers whenever I see them, no matter what the reputation is, no matter what the style is. I will try anything at least once. So I have tried, let's say, three years. Hundreds. And hundreds of different beers. And a lot of those tend to be IPAs because that's what everyone's brewing now. And it gets to a point where, yes, I can discernibly taste the difference between the different beers in breweries. But they all kind of start to taste the same, unfortunately. Like all the big breweries for me and all the different beers they put out, they're whether it's their yeast strain or where they get their hops from or something, but they all generally taste the same, like Other Half and Trillium and Treehouse. I still love, of those big boys, Trillium is still my favorite. They all tend to taste the same now. They all kind of blend together for me. So a nice pale ale, which gives you a little bit of that flavor, but it's a lot more on the lighter side, tends to be right in my wheelhouse, right? I'm still a stout guy. I'm still a porter guy at heart. Those will always take number one in my heart but if i'm going hops i still enjoy a good ipa don't get me wrong i still enjoy a double dry hop whatever but a good crisp pale that's sort of a blend between like the lightness and the and the mouthfeel of a lager that crispy sort of bubbly but is a little bit smoother than a, an imperial ipa or a regular ipa 
that's my sweet spot. Like this for me is almost the perfect kind of beer. I think Trillium Four Point probably does it a little better with some of their variants, but um, this is a solid, solid beer. I'll take my my style bias aside and rate it. I'm gonna give this one. Uh, I'll give it a solid four. Oh, it's, I'll buy this one anytime I see it. Uh, I like it that much. Um, there are a few other better pails out there, but solid, solid beer. If you ever see this, definitely grab it. But interesting. Do you know what no. I rated Photon? What's that, ladies and gentlemen of the jury and the listeners of Assassin Matter Podcast? I also gave it a four. This is the only beer we ever agree on, Tim. This is it. This is the this is the, well, wait, this is the well, only one. Well, this this harks oh, no, back to the change last four point oh one. No, this harks back to our last episode though. So mine is a true four point oh. Hey, mine's a true four point Yours has a sliding scale. Remember, yours uh, start at three seven five. Mine start whatever, at zero. Whatever, dude. Whatever. Whatever. Mine start at zero. Yours start at three seven five. So really, what you're saying is you gave this one like a two. You're like middle of the road, 2.5. No comment. That's all I'm going to say for that. All right. All right. All right. All right. I have a sour ale this week from Foam Brewing out of uh, Burlington, Vermont. It's called Block Print. It's got coconut, vanilla, orange. Uh, Foam Brewing is a awesome little place right there on uh, Lake Champlain. You can see it while you're drinking beers. Got some nice overhangs with the lights, the music. There's like often music going on. There's some food that's right around there. Like it doesn't really seem like a brewery place, um, but it's just the views are just amazing. They're just beautiful. I got a chance to go to Foam uh, when I was up in Burlington for Kyle's uh, and Jess's wedding a couple years ago. Well, just over a year ago, actually. It's more than a year. I'll round up. Um, and Foam <laughs> is just one of those just like just mind-blowing places. Um, they make crazy good IPAs. There, there's there's no getting around that. They just do. But I don't get foam down here in the lowly state of Virginia. Okay? It's not live free or die. It's uh, Six Amper Tyrannus, right? That's what the state motto is. And when I happen to see Instagram posts about beer that never makes it down here coming around, I usually make the chance out. Now, again, we know I have a keg, and I've been crushing keg beers on just wink, 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 wink podcast nights. Uh, which I say are every night of the week. But anyways, um, when I get <laughs> a chance of, to get Lots of writing goes into this show. <laughs> lots of writing. Lots of writing. Uh, when I get a chance to get some some beer from places, I, I never get it. Like, I never turn it down. Um, so I went out and got this foam block print. So I'm going to cr- crack this bad Larry here, and we will put this one in the books. There's a lot of stuff going on tonight. Obviously, you have the Bills-Titans game. Hold on. Let me take a look. Ooh, smells nice and... Nice and citrusy. We had so for the for the listeners out there, uh, we had to we had to start recording. Normally, we record later in the evenings on Tuesday, but today's a special Tuesday, so we had mm. to start early. And uh, Sam will fill you in. Listen, <clears throat> made a deal with the wife many years before she was the wife. Hey, I'm a football fan. She says I'm a fan of the show called The Bachelor. <laughs> yeah i don't really want to do that and then watched a couple episodes and was like mm, this is terrible but i can't stop watching it's like a slow motion train wreck so we have been watching that for as long as we've been together which is almost 10 years okay uh married for three together for seven before that and 
Tonight's the premiere. So we have a hard stop. We got to make sure. We did it real big. There are chalk-covered strawberries, chocolate chip cookies, <laughs> champagne. There's roses all over the apartment. There's dimmable lights no, and candles no. all over. I will, I will send you pictures. We do this picture. shit big. We do this shit big. In Washington a couple of years ago, my wife had a poster board of all of the contestants. She she cut out all their photos, the color photos, and then every week we would cross them out when they got you know kicked off, Dude, like off a, whatever you want to like, call it. It's like an opposite of a draft board. Yeah, it is, and we we do it real big. So I had to make sure that we got this podcast in. We're a podcast for the people, but the people also listen to this podcast. Might have priorities. That that means that. Uh, I mean, am I going to be looking at the score of the Bills Titans game? Yes, but I really want to know if Claire is going to find love. Wink. Link. So what we need you guys to do is chime in. First of all, Sam's going to give me this picture. I'm going to post it on Instagram at, at stats don't matter so that we can <laughs> all share and take in with Sam the joy of his premiere night. <clears throat> okay. But we were talking a little bit because our wives are big into this. And while this might seem like nonsense to the rest of you guys, recording this podcast actually takes a shit ton of work between putting it together, recording it, editing it, posting it. And the fact that we had to learn all of this from scratch and work regular jobs, a lot goes into this. So we ask a lot of our wives. So uh, we want to try and get them involved. I threw out the idea kind of as a joke about letting them chime in a little bit with some um bachelor and bachelorette type content if you're listening to this and you've made it this far in this episode and you would like to hear content about the bachelorette reach out let us know when we post this on our own facebook accounts or on our instagram accounts and we'll make it happen we'll carve out a little bit of time in the second podcast or who knows if enough of you eat it up We'll make a whole podcast on it where we recap the week. And by we, I mean, I'm going to exclude myself because I don't watch it. (laughs) Uh, Sam, uh, his wife, my wife. And if enough of you really, really want me to, I will watch it. I won't like it, but I will watch it for you guys because we love you guys. Let us know. If you want us to toss in a little bachelorette, bachelor, I don't even know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's both. Okay. If you guys want a little bit of that. Let us know. We'll make it happen. I know uh, a lot of the other uh, folks who talk sports also tie in the Bachelorette and Bachelor and they do fantasy and all that crazy nonsense. So let us know. Check out IG for the picture of Sam going all out because I can't wait to see this. I can't wait for you guys to see this. Um, But otherwise, cheers until the next one, everybody. Cheers indeed. And good luck to, what's her name, Claire? Claire. She's Good real luck. clairvoyant. Listen to me. Let me be clear. Oh my God. That was I don't the think, worst I don't think you, dad I don't think joke. You're, you're clearly not on the same page as I am about this. Should I clarify for you? That was the worst dad joke. Hold on. I you're have. not coming in clearly. Can you speak up a little bit for me? Oh my God. It's getting worse. <laughs> Peace. Ugh.